0: This is Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belvar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 170, Breeding, Vaccinations and meet Trainer Alex Alves, recorded on June 27, 2018. Brought to you in part by Pondside Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by Schneider.ca
1: and this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com equinepodcast. Thank
0: you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belberg. This episode will include... while well, we catch up on the last few weeks. Breeding sky again. Mm-hmm. Vaccinations and vaccinating for strangles in particular. An interview with horse trainer Alex Alves. And I guess not too much more this time, hey? Nope, that's about it. Hey Diana, how are you doing and what have you been up to? (laughs) Well, I guess, as usual. Yeah. Just trying to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. So,
1: after the... Hip surgery,
0: yeah, right,
1: and it's been a while now, end of January, but still doing chores, teaching, teaching again. Yay! Well, that's good, yeah, working full time, yeah. Being off for so long is tough, it is. It's
0: mm-hmm. a little, it takes a while to get back in the swing of things, eh? back in shape, yeah, yep, yep. Well, you know, I mean, at least you're back to teaching, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's going to take some time. So, we'll look on riding for the end of the year. Looking at riding at the end, mm-hmm. of the year. we could go on a trail ride to Monistic.
1: Maybe. I think I was just thinking about mounting, okay
2: yeah. <laughs> anyway
0: right. that's okay. I don't think i can go on a trail ride to monistic uh, this year anyway um well, i do miss i do miss seeing you all the time, <laughs> yes indeed,
1: so. Yep. With the horses boarded at Gary's right now, you know, you have no excuse to be at my place.
0: Oh, well, you're going to have to give me an excuse to be at your place. So give me a reason to come over. I have Mm -hmm. no problem with that at all. There you go. (laughs) We'll start recording at my house. Okie (laughs) dokie. Okay. Well, um, you know, and speaking of recording, I started on this episode about three times, but we just couldn't get together. And uh, then I ran out of time because I was off on vacation. I know. We started on it so many times, I actually thought it was already done. (laughs) I know. really
1: bad. In fact, I try, I was trying to make... I was trying to convince you that we should look... I'm sure we did
0: this already, yeah, Sylvia. Yeah, yeah, you did. You tried yeah. to convince me it was done. Yep. <laughs> we you wanted something new. You almost had me doubting myself. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, spring has come and gone. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to see some baby horses that were born at Pat and Gary's place. And lucky
1: you. I, I just so miss having babies around. And it seems like yesterday, but our youngest baby is 14.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. and you no. know...
1: And and speaking of of Gary's and babies, yeah, I actually got to see him in a video the other day, and and you saw him in a video? Yeah, yeah. What? So an old friend, well, yeah. actually an old writing student, Lauren. Yeah, she uh, asked me about a year ago. She phoned me up and said, "You know, I need to take, I need to get video of baby animals." Mm-hmm. And I just have this memory of so many baby animals at your place. Yeah, and I went hmm. Not anymore, Lauren, sorry. But, you know, I said I, I know a number of uh number of friends that yep. I think we could work with. And so yeah, we had a lot of fun visiting all the different neighbors and mm-hmm. uh yeah, the resulting 3D video is, is meant for seniors to um, let them immerse themselves in. Oh my in, goodness! In, yeah, 3D? so cool.
0: 3D, as in like, do they actually? So they feel like wear... they're there. They, they wear did... goggles. They yeah. they do. Yeah, uh, they I wear the even, goggles. I and... haven't even had a try, chance to try those goggles yet. Yeah.
1: So I think it'd be pretty awesome for for the seniors. The right. the video really cute. But anyway, Gary played the part of uh, of a young boy's grandfather, mm-hmm. and was showing off his. Baby foals. And it,
0: it was just awesome. It was great. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm oh, I want to get a chance to see that. Is it in the library? No, no, no. It's not oh, public, so. Oh, dang. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> Shouldn't okay. tease people with no. that, should <laughs> yeah. I? No. Yeah. Anyway, it was very cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of babies, so I'm going through the whole process again of trying to help Sky have a foal. Mm-hmm. And so the beginning of June, she was ultrasounded to make sure everything required for having a baby was healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As best as they can tell. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think it's interesting enough for us to chat about the estromate shot she was given. So equines have a 21-day estrus cycle and the reproduction vet prefers to use an estromate shot to bring the mare into heat. Yeah so it's not something I made a practice of because we
1: did a lot of breeding over the years but we always just let the stud in the mare tell us if they were ready. Yeah but it's different when you're working with an older maiden mare.
0: Well it is different and you know she didn't get a lot of fight from me about uh, doing the estromate shot because while we were taking the, the truck over with uh, her in the back, mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm counting on my fingers, going like, "Oh, if she just was in heat last week, we're gonna. She's gonna come in again when we're gone. Mm. When we're gone away." <laughs> so I thought, mm. "Oh my goodness, what am I gonna do here?" Anyway, so um, I know this sounds like a departure from the conversation about breeding but it ties in Mm -hmm. trust me and i'll get back to the breeding story no go ahead okay Mm -hmm. well i've learned a fair bit about vaccinations this year diana because our horses aren't at your place and usually you take care of all of that (laughs) so (laughs) that i have learned i have learned Mm -hmm. that the strangles vaccine is a real pain to deal with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so here's here's the thing about the strangles vaccine you never give it it's a, it's a nasal injection, right? Yeah, up the nose, so no needle and involved, and it's a
1: live vaccine. That's that's the it, issue. It's a
0: modified, I, I, yeah, yeah it's, it's a modified live, live mm-hmm. vaccine. So you. uh you never give it to a horse on the same day that they're going to get a needle for something else Mm -hmm. not only that you don't want any equine they come into contact with to have received an injection for anything just in case the the vapor like the spray when they get it up their nose and they sneeze it out then you don't want that vaccine getting into any sort of an injection site because it'll uh, cause an inflammation and i imagine this would be the same for an open wound Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. And you have to be careful about getting it in your face or your eyes or your lungs. So you have to use gloves, wash your hands, wipe your face after giving it because you can get an eye infection or an upper respiratory condition.
1: Mm, yes, they do tend to sneeze. Oh, I know. I yeah. know. Yeah. So but you, you mentioned that. But yeah, you're supposed to hold their head up. So to make sure that it drains down first. So you hold their head up for a
0: little while? You know what? I remember you telling me that, but mm-hmm. the vet didn't tell me that. Oh. So I kind of forgot about it, but I kind of put Gary in charge of doing that anyway, because he's more experienced. He doesn't usually do strangles, vaccines. So. No, but he's more experienced. I mean, he has, he has done them and, mm. you know, but... Anyway, it was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they, they do sneeze violently, yes. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, we needed to make sure Skye was vaccinated before leaving for the breeders. And that brings me back to the breeding story. So, we were told to give her the estimate shot on June 5th and take her down to see the stallion on June 8th because the mares typically, typically come into heat uh, about three days after they were given the shot. So, knowing nothing... I could only presume that meant we should have her down to to be covered by the stallion on the 8th, right? Wrong. <laughs> Apparently, they ovulate three days after they come into heat. So that would be six days after the estimate shot. And the stallion sperm is viable for 24 to 48 hours. So hence, they suggest having the stallion cover the mare six days after the shot is given and every second day after that for about two to three times at the most. Mm-hmm. And sky was covered about six times, which sounds like a good thing until you learn that there could be a buildup of fluid in her uterus that her body decides it needs to get rid of, but she might get rid of more than just the fluid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, we have a vet trip planned for July 5th and we'll find out whether she's in full at that time. And I certainly hope she is. Yeah, well, you know, older maiden mare my bad <laughs> like, yeah. it would be really nice so aside from all of that interesting information uh the mosquitoes have also come back not yeah, to mention they the have. ticks
1: so I haven't seen many ticks around. I haven't seen any mm-hmm. ticks around. Mm-hmm. But you did send me an interesting article recently. And uh, in it, they say that they are basically keeping an eye out for ticks that might be carrying Lyme disease, which is just starting to become a problem here in Alberta. Great. So, you know, I think we should do a future
0: episode on ticks again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have done a past episode on ticks, but it was some time ago now and it wouldn't hurt to cover it again. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, have you ever run into ticks before? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I used we, to pick we, them off
1: yeah. the dogs. Well, with us it was the horses, and that's that's what instigated the last
2: oh, interview right. on ticks, right. right? Yeah.
1: Because our horses were out at pasture in a bushy pasture, and they went out there at the end of October, uh-huh. and so come February. These they they had been infested with lice oh, already. Lice, lice? Oh, sorry, oh, okay. ticks. Ticks, yeah. Ticks, mm-hmm. The the at the end of the year before, mm-hmm. like in October, they mm-hmm. actually were infested. Mm-hmm. But you don't see them because
0: they're so tiny. Oh, they can be really right? tiny, unless, and so they get blood. Filled. So in the,
1: <laughs> in the spring, which is when you see the the ghost moose that are basically dying mm-hmm. of tick infestations, that's when we found our horses covered
0: in ticks it was gross oh my goodness and
1: so yeah so we learned not to turn our horses out into bushy pastures at the end of October Mm -hmm. but now the the ticks that people are seeing now are, are more like the individual ticks not those huge infestations but anyway
0: we definitely have to talk about ticks again
1: yes Mm -hmm.
0: okay well you know diana i I still i always wonder what our listeners have been up to
1: Mm -hmm. so Mm. any new
0: foals in your lives people or any any plans for summer trail rides Mm -hmm.
1: or maybe you're planning on taking summer riding camps
0: or buying a new horse
1: so, yeah, we'd love to hear more about your equine lives.
0: Well, let's tell people how they can contact us.
1: Sure. Well, I'd say that for now, the easiest way
0: for people to be in touch is via the Facebook page. Yeah, just leave, leave us a message and we should be able to reply. That's worked well before. Mm-hmm. And this seems like a good time to include our interview with Alex Alves. Mm -hmm. So Alex Alves was another of the trainers in the Red Deer Main Event Expo Trainer's Challenges. And I loved hearing about his vast and varied past with equines. Mm -hmm. Listen to the incredibly diverse equine background that Alex has experience in.
1: Yeah, and while you're listening to it, you can sure tell I'm a fan.
0: (laughs) I love how enthusiastic he is about all the disciplines.
1: Mm, He has a great attitude, but we see that more and more
0: now. We do, we do. So listen to Alex uh, talk about the horse's sensitivity and listen to what he has to say about backing up your horse. Mm -hmm. Should we get into that interview? Let's.
1: So it's Diana here, and um, here with Alex Alves. Very lucky to have him take some time out of a very busy weekend where he is one of the uh, trainers for the Trainers Challenge. And truly, Alex, we really appreciate this because we know the kind of time crunch that you're under be- besides putting on five sessions. Of of time with these young fillies you're also working your booth and talking to people and answering questions but before we even start i want our listeners to know a little bit more about alex Alves, who you are where you started with horses
2: Uh, i was born outside of black diamond Uh, i was actually born in black diamond hospital uh, raised out there for a long time my my family worked the racetrack while i was young um, and then, after a while, we left that, and I just stayed with the we worked at the Hunter Jumper Barns. Um, so I've jumped all over the circuits there. Uh, did a little bit of the Western and English pleasure at some of the shows as well. Um, and then when I was a teenager, I went and worked for a uh, couple of the barns at the Calgary Polo Club. Uh, exercised for them, rode their young horses, got them going with the stick and ball. Wow! And then the uh, guys at the racetrack saw me <laughs> riding the polo horses and pony and three on each side we'll ride in one that's trying to buck me <laughs> off as i'm going around the warm-up track so they they asked me if i wanted to come ride some of the track horses after i was done at the polo club so i said yeah sure come ride some of the track horses so i was when i was working at the polo club i ended up working at the racetrack as well uh, riding their horses and then ended up just i was still rodeoing. then i was roping calves i was team roping i rode some saddle bronc horses um and then i actually went to uh went to the u.s i got my critical care paramedic uh, as a fail safe and then when i came back to canada i just had enough Um, went and worked oil field made some money and decided you know what i'm i'm done with working for somebody else i'm just gonna go ride horses and do what i want to do so now i Specifically trained for the rain cow horse and the and the cutting horse association.
1: Well, that is so cool. So you actually started out English, then.
2: I did, yeah. Saying? And yeah. I uh, so you've ridden
1: English, you've ridden Western, and you've ridden in the rodeo. You've. Done on doll well. You done any dressage?
2: Uh, no, that's one thing I didn't do. Um, and I really wish I did do it because to me, watching a dressage horse is like poetry in motion, it's amazing to watch. Listen
0: awesome. to our interview on working equitation, you'll find it fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> find have it fascinating. you had a chance to see any of Diane Creech's? No, of course have you
2: not, No, <laughs> between oh, you? staying at my booth, the trainer's challenge, uh, addressing the crowd, and then Being with sponsors uh, and everything else, it's been a very busy weekend, and then three kids as well. It's tough to handle. Oh, my gosh. That's cool.
1: (laughs) So actually, you know, Diane said something interesting yesterday, too. She said it would be fun to put on a clinic with not just a dressage person in the ring but someone else in the ring too so we're gonna, we're gonna have to look
0: at this well and talk if i've her. seen
2: the videos of doing that stuff and you know what if you guys were willing if you guys want to do that heck i'd bring up one of my ring cow horses and, and we'd go to we'd go to town on it <laughs>
0: yeah, with, well it won't be Ron. our decision but,
1: but yeah Ron Ron i deal. think, think really it's an awesome it. idea yeah. yep. awesome idea all right then so um all right. Well, let's get into the main reason why you're here, and that is with the Trainers Challenge. Yep. Can you tell us first, Alex? Have you done um, many of these challenges? I've
2: done quite a few of them. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did one in Isfail, um with Cade Mills as well. Actually, um, it was the the Canadian in the canadian whatever he called it i can't remember what he called it way back then that was a while ago now Uh, i did the western canadian aggravation as well Uh, i did saskatoon i did rocking hearts i've done a bunch of them
1: now what do you like about doing these
2: um you know i just like going out seeing something different riding different horses uh just being at a new place and showing people what you can do with a horse in in a time frame
1: yeah okay so so one of the things now we've been watching these sessions and i've really enjoyed watching your sessions and one of the things you said is that you don't tend to spend a lot of time on round penning and that's because you you work a little different system
2: yeah typically when i'm at home i don't use a round pen at all unless i've got one that is having a really really hard time at staying with me and everything um but a lot of the times I do it in the middle of the arena um, or wherever, outside, it, somewhere, um, off the back of another horse. I don't like the round pens myself. I find them very claustrophobic.
1: A little bit confining for yeah, you.
2: Yeah, for me. So if, uh, my theory is that if I'm that way, there's no reason why my horse isn't that way too, right?
1: Yeah, because they tend to be claustrophobic anyway.
2: Very easily, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. they don't like to get penned or uh, squeezed or Yeah,
2: the seclusion trapped. they're not a fan of.
1: Yeah, yeah, excellent. And... Uh, so so you also talked about not overdoing it.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's a big big problem in today's modern natural horsemanship is people just, they try and drill and drill and drill and drill, whereas if you put the idea in the horse's head, let them think about it, leave them alone, and even if you've got it to where it's okay, move on to something else and then come back to it later because now all of a sudden they've had the time to process that and think that, and when you start putting other things towards that to progress it, all of a sudden, it just comes much easier for them.
1: Yep, yeah, for sure. And now you also said something that um, uh, could be a little controversial these days. You <laughs> said that you don't tend to worry about the join up, and that you had reasons
2: for that. Yeah, I don't like a horse to join per se, join up, quote unquote, to me. Um, particularly because I can find that it, I found that it creates a pushy horse, um, and that's one thing that really frustrates me. Is if I'm working with a horse or trying to do something i really don't like a horse trying to push over top of me or walk through me i really need that horse to respect my space now i build off of the trust in other ways for that horse to understand where that space is and excuse me trust me enough to stay with me as Mm -hmm. opposed to follow me around like a puppy dog
1: yeah. Okay. So so that's uh, that's fair enough, and and I know. So I think that it's uh, good for people to be aware that if they are going to do that, they will have to deal with it. Oh, at absolutely. Some point. Yeah. So it's okay to do it, but know that then you have to work on on your bubble again. Yeah. Right?
2: Set your boundary right from the get-go. If you don't set that up, like that wall around you or your hula hoop space or whatever you want to call it, if you don't set that up, your horse has no concept of space at all.
1: Yeah. Now, I think that the, some of the cues that you were talking to the crowd about, and I thought you did a great job talking to the crowd and Thank explaining you. what you were doing and engaging them. <laughs>
2: try, <sure>. I I tried. <laughs> <here. laughs>
1: yeah. um, you said ask, then tell, and then make.
2: Yeah, it's a real simple concept. I call it my ATM method. I'll ask them first. So if I were sitting on my horse or even my groundwork, I'll ask them with my feet to go forward just with a light squeeze. I'll tell them with my voice with a kiss or a cluck, and then I will make them with either a dressage whip or... Uh, rain or over under whatever you need to in a slow increment increment pressure
1: yeah in a very in a very rhythmic way yeah it's, got to it's, have it's a, a lot gentle thing it's not you know
2: yeah no it's <laughs> more of a i gotta start slow build up that pressure because the lighter that i can ask if i can start ask with one pound as opposed to 10 pounds then they're eventually going to start to respond to that one pound
1: yeah, I think it's neat that you did talk about how all horses are different and, and I thought it was kind of funny because again it made me chuckle because you said as some horses take two weeks and some take ten minutes
2: yeah like you my wife's two year old it was one of the easiest horses I ever started and he was he may, he may as well have been born broke he was just ready to go and wanted to do it and I've, I've got one in my barn right now she took two weeks of getting her to actually focus up to me and start to listen before I could ride her
1: Yeah, and I know that at one point you said that when you're asking, when you are asking for the head, but but before we get to that, you always start at the back.
2: Yeah, I will start from the back of the horse and work my way to the front. I find that if I get the body to relax, the face relaxes. Too many people get caught up with trying to get the face soft, whereas if you can get the body soft and the feet soft, the face just falls into place and it feels just like velvet in your hands.
1: Yeah, so you talk about the, the hips and the ribs and the shoulders and then the head just follows, Yeah. and you talk about the feet. I love the way you talk about rhythm and relaxation and so if someone's trying to get a a horse to move out and do something Mm -hmm. and they choose to move out at the lope yeah you say oh well don't insist that they have to walk right now just see how relaxed are they at that canter
2: yeah absolutely. how relaxed
1: are they at that trot so watch for the rhythm watch for the relaxation and and let them do that for a little bit yeah
2: absolutely yeah let them get comfortable where they're comfortable first before you start asking for more
1: Excellent. Um, you did a lot of uh, rope work around the girth. Now, when you do talk, when you do talk to the horse with your hands mm-hmm. um, to the head, you, st- you said you use about a pound pressure with an yeah. open hand.
2: Yeah, I'll even loop it on a finger, like just kind of drape it on the top of my finger and ask them that way to start off with because eventually that's where I want all my horses, whereas if they feel that slight, move or that slight difference it's that's where I want a response I really expect myself and my horses to ride for a response instead of anything else it's one of the most important things to me is riding for a response
1: and it's funny because people that may have ridden even for a long time will think that they have to kick their horse and I say to them you know um they can feel a fly land on their skin yeah your well, horse what? is <laughs>
2: yeah your horse is insanely sensitive um in we don't realize it as people because we become so numb due to modern day society and technology and everything else that maybe we need to bring back that sensitivity to ourselves and
1: maybe this is what horses can do for us too right
2: yeah turn off your tv and go ride your horse instead yeah
1: one of the other things that i loved was you said um make use of those brain breaks yeah so explain that
2: go like when you do something don't just jump all the way like don't jump head first into that exercise dip your toes into it, give them a thought, leave them alone. Let them kind of absorb that. Then give them a thought, leave them alone. Eventually that thought progresses into a total idea and they start to figure it out really quickly where when they get that time to absorb it, everything just flows together.
1: Yeah, I loved it. And and too often people don't do that. They get the response they want Mm -hmm. and they say, Good, good girl and move right on again and, and you don't do that. No. You give them more time to digest it.
2: Oh absolutely people are so greedy nowadays with everything that it just transfers over to our horses so we expect more and more and more faster, and more faster, right faster, So fast, yeah. let's it's, slow it down and just ask a little less.
1: It's the instant cookie thing you know it is yeah we're that. such
2: an instant gratification world with our instant messaging, our instant <laughs> text messages, phone calls, instant all of it let's let's get rid of that.
1: Now, you you did let her loose when you first saddled her up. You did say that the first saddling is as important as the first ride. I absolutely, like that.
2: Absolutely, yeah. If your first saddling goes absolutely haywire, then just imagine how the rest of it is going to go. They need to have all the confidence in the world, and that starts right from the get-go. If so, they're scared of that saddle on that first time, they're going to be scared of it for a long time.
1: Yeah, and that's where I think I'd go back to your point about rhythm. When yep. you're when you're working with uh, you you used um, the saddle pad did you also used a tarp didn't you
2: I did because she had a little bit of mounting issues when she never had an issue with the saddle or nothing um, but when I went to put that my foot in the stirrup on either side of her she went to she went to think about cutting in two and yeah. having a little hoe down. so <laughs> I went to working I stood on top of the bridge got her used to a little bit more elevation and then I started throwing that tarp way above her to get u- her used to that stuff way above her head um, and. That that's part of the reason why i like to work off the back of another horse is get them used to that elevation change so much more
1: yeah absolutely so that was that was really cool um uh you did say sometimes you have to push the comfort zone for success
2: you do um i find that too many people especially non my non-pros that are in my program um they get so stuck they get very stagnant um in the sense that the horse is they get kind of numb to what's happening and the non-pro will think oh well i had a really good turnaround there um i'm just gonna be happy with that but instead let's push for a little bit more not past the point of no return but past the comfort zone so there's a really fine line of pushing the comfort zone and pushing that point of no return to find that balance point to get better if you were to practice basketball for example you're not going to go to where you're comfortable you're going to push yourself to be better so let's push our horses to be a little bit better each time
1: Mm-hmm. reminds me we'll tell that story later <laughs> but um yeah so you you, the uh, there's so many things that i liked that i saw that that you know I, i'm not sure where to quit but one of the things you did say is that once they're saddled up they mm-hmm. will tend to buck at the counter.
2: A lot so of the times, yeah, that's where you'll find, the, like, it's never the walk or the trot. It's always as soon as you break into that lope because now all of a sudden it's like they're stretched out and it's a whole new feeling as soon as they stretch out. And that's where the panic will set in because now you've added a speed to it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So you always, you, you make sure that you do that. You do that both ways. You make sure they get every opportunity. You make sure that saddle's on.
2: <laughs> yeah, because even yesterday on my second session when I got on her, she uh, I figured that she would let some air out. So I rode her for five minutes, and then it was all of a saddle starting to get loose, so I'm going to get off, tighten up my cinch, and I got back on and was able to keep going.
1: Yeah, and, you know, um, you did add a hack more yesterday. Yes, I did. Yeah, and that's uh, just for for what reason? It was softer, you said, I think.
2: Well, it's better than a bit for myself. Um, When I'm at home and I'm starting a cold, I'll catch them in the morning. It's usually like 6 or 7 a.m., depending when I get them and everything else. Um, Bring them in. I'll put a bit in their in their mouth to without the range, just the bridle. Then I'll let them hang out in a stall for a few hours. And then after lunch, I'll come back and then I'll ride them. That way they get used to having something in their mouth. John on
1: it. Yeah, if you go
2: get to jumping on your Colt for the first ride or two and they've got a bit in their mouth now when they've never been worked with a bit in, they're more for- focused on what's in their mouth. And all of a sudden, a whole new panic level sets in, right?
1: So Absolutely. You, yeah,
2: you got to build yeah. it up slow and start with something that they're used to, like a halter or a hackamore.
1: So, you know, I think we said this already, but I just love that you're looking for the rhythm with the feet. Yeah. Right? And uh, uh, you did say that you don't want to pump your horse a whole bunch with your legs. You know, come on. No. Like, this is, you know, so what you do instead is you break them out to the side?
2: Well, yeah. When they're I, stuck? Yeah, what I'll do is I'll, I teach them on the ground to follow my hand. Um, so I'll take my hand out to the side, let them see that hand. And what should happen in theory, and doesn't always happen, is that they'll see my hand and they'll start to track that hand. Horses are very good at chasing something. So I want her to chase that hand around to follow that hand around for anything.
1: Yeah. And then the other thing that I liked was you uh, said you don't have to circle right off the bat. Do a oh, quarter turn. Yeah. Explain that a little more.
2: When A lot of times when you try and start these colts and you try to go to direction too many people are like oh well I, I need to maintain that circle don't worry about a circle worry about a quarter turn or even an eighth of a turn because if you can start to build that direction and teach them that I'm asking you to go this way good you went that way they start to hunt that release so all of a sudden it's like well I'm going to start to ask for more and they go oh you're asking for more I'm going to hunt that I'm going to hunt that and I'm going to keep tracking that until we get better and better and better
1: yeah and and I think too you said you didn't want them to shut down when you pick up that ring.
2: No, and a lot of people make that mistake is they'll every time they've taught that horse so much to stop off that one rein or that pull that when they go to pick up that rein, that horse wants to stop, and you need to get them to where they they understand that there's a difference between a stop and a turn. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Without having to bump them continually. Yeah, exactly.
2: Right? Sometimes you got to push them through it. Like the first uh, the se- second time I asked her to do it on the right side, she thought about shutting down, so I had to squeeze her forward and really put a little emphasis behind her and she went right into it without problems after that.
1: Yeah, I think you you I I think I've got a quote here. Sometimes you have to ride through the ugly stuff. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Not a
2: lot of people can appreciate that. A lot of people get too worried about that. Um, but you have to ride through the ugly to get to the good. If you don't ride through any of the ugly, well, then you're just going to stay ugly. Is that another it. way uh-huh.
1: to say cowboy up?
2: Pretty well, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you got to just... Put on your big just boy pants and bit. go at it. Yeah.
0: You know one of the things that I've learned in business mm-hmm. is uh, there's a there's a saying that uh, change is difficult at first, messy in the middle, and gorgeous at the end.
2: That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And then uh, one last point before we go on to just uh, you, you telling us a little bit about how you feel your horses doing mm-hmm. going into the finals um, or into the last session before yeah, the finals. Yeah, I didn't even know, you know I had a last session. session until
2: late last night, actually. <laughs> oh.
1: Excellent. Wow. Well. Is that why you're so far ahead? No. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I thought that you had moved very nicely, very moved very smoothly, very quickly through a lot of the stuff. I thought you were kind of ahead, mm-hmm. moving along, especially after that first ride. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyhow, uh, talk to people about why you use your feet to back up.
2: You know, my a lot of people I've with all the clinics that I do and everything else, I've, I've seen eighty different ways, literally eighty different ways to back up a horse mm-hmm. from that. Pull, release, pull, release, rocking the bit, to using every little thing you can imagine. And I absolutely hate every single one of them. I was taught from a very young age that <laughs> your feet back up the horse because your feet can control the speed and the direction in that backup. Your feet control everything. My feet will control my horse's feet. That's all there is to it.
1: I love it. So just before we did, I think that, did we manage to
0: cover most of
2: I think so, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I'm wondering. You didn't actually ask him about his horse. Did he get the horse that he wanted? So yeah, he is the Mar- horse
2: that I wanted. Maureen
0: yeah. O'Hara, right? That's, yeah, yeah. And and that's the, and where were you in the ch- in the choice? Uh, I was
2: uh, second choice. Sec-
0: you got second pick.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I liked her right from the get go. Um, I didn't like any of the buckskins, um, and I didn't like the palomino. Um, I found the palomino to be a little bit kind of like a monkey. Uh, she was too worried about being in the round pen um the buckskins had way too much knee action for me they were way too elevated in their step um and I really don't like riding that uh whereas the sorrel she moved real flat she had a good cadence with her feet and when I stepped in front of her she went there's a person okay now I'm leaving that's what I like to see out of them right? she was she was aware that I was there but she wasn't exactly concerned about me mm-hmm.
1: excellent and so how do you feel about where you've got her to especially given that you didn't realize you had one more session yet how did you feel going into the finals well
2: not bad so far um it's everybody always says well it's competition it's uh it's all judged and everything i really i really don't care honestly um you whoever could be judging whoever could be saying oh you got this time limit this is a competition i none of that matters to me i'm just here to show what show people what can be done with a horse in the time frame and it's 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 not about me. It's all about Maureen. She's people need to realize Good that attitude. the confidence is everything for her, and that's all that really matters to me. As for going into finals, it's just another ride. It's all it's all fun and game to me. Do you me. think
1: she's pretty much got it all I you think so. On There's her. a
2: couple little things I'm going to work on here in the next session. But in all honesty, I'm going to work with her for maybe 15 minutes, and that's it.
1: Apparently, yep. they're going to let you take um, a few of the obstacle things into the ring with you so that they get a chance to see them in the round pen before they get to the big That's
2: pen. news to me.
1: Well, apparently, yeah. We just heard that in the first oh,
0: session. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. Oh, all
2: so, right. You were
0: paying more attention than I was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all news to me that they're allowing that so maybe I'll bring in a couple things and see what we got. I know my wife, she ended up buying some big uh, big horse play ball that she's been wanting for oh, a long yeah. time here, yeah. here at the main event, so she's convinced me that I need to bring that in and get like use it, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: You, you've worked with, with her feet already, right?
2: Yeah, I have, and uh, I'm a really big fan. My, my farrier absolutely loves coming to my barn because every <laughs> horse that comes in will stand there all day and pick up their feet and yeah. hold them there for him, and I... I'm a huge advocate for that. My farrier is not there to train my horse. I'm there to train my horse. My yep. farrier is just there to get them shod. That's right. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Excellent. So now, if people want to get a hold of you, Alex, how I'll can they more? do that?
2: Um, we're on Facebook, um, Hat Creek Performance Horses. Um, my wife runs that, <coughs> runs that Facebook page. I... I am absolutely terrible with marketing and media and everything else, but my wife is excellent with it. So she does all that on Hat Creek Performance Horses on Facebook. Uh, I think she actually has an Instagram account, which I just found out about a few weeks ago. I don't even know what Instagram really is. Um,
0: no website at the
2: There level. is a website. Yeah, it's dot. Uh, ca i think or it's dot ca or dot com i can't quite remember again my wife manages all that um but on that website as well we have a video tutorial on there as well for a monthly membership um, and i took a bunch of horses showed exactly how to fix some basic problems that you'll have with your horse like trailer loading horses that won't stand tied things like that and then i also took a two-year-old uh stallion um on there from one of my customers that i'll be showing in the rain cow horse all the way through his entire career he's i started him i'm gonna go right till he's 12 years old Uh, with him and then uh, I'm showing everything from ride 2 I think on yeah it was ride 2 and on you're up right. until I've got, I think six months on him or so.
1: Oh, um, right on. And
2: then there's another two-year-old that I took on there. Uh, he had 30 days on him, and that I started. And I'm going to show everything all the way through his entire career as well, on how to fix problems, make him better, progress him, and everything else. Now That's I'm great. just going
1: to say one more thing because I don't recall saying this earlier in the interview. But you say you're not good with the Facebook and the advertising <laughs> and so on, but, <laughs> but, but but you are good at thanking sponsors and whether they are your sponsors or not. When you find a good product, you're quick to applaud it and to mention it.
2: Yeah, and it takes me a lot to to make me a believer. Like, you really got to convince me. Um, and my sponsors that have helped me, like my big ones, like Elite 3, uh, Echo Crown, they're some of the biggest ones out there for me because I used to use, like, polo wraps in the show ring and stuff like that. Um, and they're a nightmare to clean and wash and even put on because it's just so time-consuming. And Strathcona Ventures came to me with their Echo Crown leg wraps. And they're, hands down, the best product out there in the world. I won't go anywhere without yeah, them. Yeah, so
1: how you put them on her yesterday.
2: Absolutely, yeah. They're, I'm a big advocate for leg protection, right? Yeah, um, and
1: they're a compression-type. Yeah, bandage. it's a
2: compression-type wrap, and they're awesome. Best wrap I've ever used on the market. In Elite 3, I used to be a chemist with my feed program. I'd have, like, eight different things I'd add and supplements just for my show horses to make them better and get them good. Um, so when Elite 3 approached me, I gave them a, uh, a one-month trial. And uh, two weeks in, I said, I want more. This is yeah. one of the best products. I've gone from eight different supplements and products in my feed program to three or maybe four at most for some horses, and they're awesome. And cool. High Hog has done an excellent job with the round pen here. K and K has offered me anything that I need, no matter what, and they're a major show sponsor here. Ken and Karen Mixer, some of the nicest people around. They're so good to anybody and everybody.
1: So, how did you feel about coming up to Red Deer? No, this is this is probably your. I mean, this is your end of the country. There's nothing you here so yeah
2: it's pretty normal up here in red deer for me so but uh,
1: have you worked with the main event before
2: i haven't no Um, how do you
1: feel how do you feel
2: so far so good there hasn't been any major differences from what i've noticed um it's definitely a really big show up here that's for darn sure though um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's been a great show, and I really enjoyed it. So yeah. they called me they back in September to come up and do this, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come out and let's have some fun.
1: I think they put on a great show, and I, I think, too, it's worth noting that uh, their their uh, theory about how you run a trainer's challenge is the same as your feelings about how you a, a look at a trainer's challenge. It's all about the horse. It is, And yeah. not about
2: and, the
0: competition. And ed- educating the people. That yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like People are coming out here for, they're coming out to enjoy oh, themselves yeah. and learn something new, so let's give every, these people every opportunity we can. Who cares about some competition or challenge? It's yeah. minor. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so so we're
1: looking forward to seeing the final, and best of luck, and I just want to thank you one more time for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this <laughs> for us, Alex.
2: Yeah, I think I've got to go actually into the round pen here and like twenty minutes or something like that. So so.
1: let you do that.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it.
1: Good luck. We'll be watching. Awesome. Thank you. So one of the things we didn't talk about on the interview was his fondness for riding mares. He said it's all about our attitude not their hormones. (laughs) So perhaps that's why I'm such a fan. A lot of people have no fondness for mares or ponies and anyone that knows me knows that I love ponies. But I used to have a lot of pony mares in my lesson string with babies at their sides. And I I really miss those days. It made for really Well broke foals,
0: yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because I am not a big fan of my own personal horse being a mare. So I really <laughs> like geldings, and that's what I've always owned. But I have no problem with pony mares, and yeah, yeah I have I,
1: I don't care if a horse is a mare or a gelding.
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, if Sky is in full and she has a baby, I hope it's a, a little filly foal. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, I found it interesting how he said that the. Join up can cause a pushy horse, and I tend to agree, you know. But that space between you and your horse is always something you need to pay attention to, and paying attention to it is something you can never be lazy about.
1: No, I remember one fellow I knew that thought it was really cute uh, to have a horse bump him from behind. (laughs) Yikes. I don't like that (laughs) at all. I quickly straightened him out.
0: Good for you. Holy He was a student, so. Oh, he was a student. I I sort of had to. yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely would. It's sometimes difficult. When they're, you know, just somebody you run into Mm -hmm. who thinks it's fun. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's good that you did uh, make that point Mm -hmm. with him. Um, I think it's very interesting, too, that he works on relaxing horse from the back to the front. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm.
1: So one of the things I loved was his use of legs to back up. So many ways to train a horse. But you have to train the rider, too. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, one of our horses that I had trained and then sold Mm -hmm. and the new uh, owner said to me so I picked up the reins the way you do and squeezed with my legs and he backed up Mm -hmm. and I said yes that's (laughs) what you were asking him to do you need to release him forward so Uh obviously I needed to do some more work with the training of the
0: Rider as well, right? So he wasn't quite delighted that he picked up the reins and squeezed with his legs <laughs> and he backed He was up. a
1: little, he was just confused.
0: Okay, got it, mm. yeah. Um, well, I love his chiding phrase when he was talking about how sensitive horses are compared to us humans and, you know, saying, turn off your TV and go ride your horse instead. <laughs> yeah, I love
1: that, too. So, you know, I think you have to be, you're forced to be in the moment mm-hmm. with a horse. And yeah. we should always be in the moment yes. when we're with friends, too. But, I agree. But it doesn't always happen that way. And it's no. not necessarily phones you know people just aren't good at listening and and horses force you to listen
0: it's true yeah well i also love that he pointed out that people are used to instant gratification these days and for the best results training horses is a slower process I really like Alex's thoughts on training horses. It it really resonates with everything that I used to do. Mm-hmm. I just thoroughly enjoyed listening yeah, to him. Yeah, he was a
1: lot of fun to talk to. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Diana, I think we should uh, talk with people about, uh, talk with listeners about our Patreon page and remind them, um, yeah, that we ha- we do have one, the Equinely Inclined Patreon mm-hmm. page. Good idea. So... This podcast has a Patreon page, so our (laughs) listeners
1: can help us
0: by supporting
1: our creation
0: of the podcast. Yeah, check it out at patreon.com slash equine podcast, and you'll see there are posts there for paying patrons, who we are very grateful for, that our regular podcast listeners don't have access to. And we have pulled many of our older podcast episodes from the podcast feed. However, I am slowly making those available for our patrons.
1: Ah, they include great equine information and amazing interviews with top athletes in the equine
0: world. It's true. Uh, Some of that information never gets old. Some of it is the same kind of thing that you need to know nowadays, but um, for some things, the pricing and that sort of thing, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because it was posted quite a while ago oh yeah (laughs) yeah anyway if you listen if you enjoy listening to the podcast and look forward to each episode please become a patron and support the creation of the podcast with a pledge
1: Hmm. so once again you can pledge at patreon.com slash equine podcast and we thank all of our patrons so much for their support
0: yes absolutely we also want to mention our newest visitors to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page we would like to give a big welcome to Jenna from Santa Anita California and Jennifer from somewhere we're not sure where Right. stop by our page at facebook.com slash equinely inclined and click on the like button and you'll hear your name when we welcome you at this spot in our next episode. So please remember this, tell five friends about our Facebook page. When you do, you're helping others
1: learn more about horses and we love to help educate people about the many aspects of horses and other equines.
0: And we love it when you share what you find on our wall and in our podcast episodes with others. If we want positive impact for horses in our world, it takes all of us to help ourselves and others learn more about horses.
1: So let us know what you thought of this episode and what else you would like to hear. Do you have an opinion on a horsey topic? Or is there one you
0: would wish to have us cover? yeah talk to us don't be shy Mm -hmm. go to facebook.com slash equinely inclined and leave us a message on the page so our next episode Diana I'm not going anywhere so it might be easier for us to get together
1: Mm, and I have a clinic coming up on uh, in a couple of weeks July 9th yeah my granddaughter's coming to ride in it for the first time I'm so excited yeah that would be so exciting and I am for the first time ever taking (gasps) off the entire week off work right so
0: it would be a good time for us to get together Getting. so what you're saying is you're not doing the clinic in the morning and then running and doing work you're in the afternoon and coming, I mean, coming back. back and teaching lessons no. yeah okay no
1: i'm trying <laughs> to slow down well diana
0: I to, that yeah. is awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> so i think we can look forward to uh doing an episode sooner rather than later that's mm-hmm. good um you know, our patrons know who's coming up in the interviews. So if you're really looking forward to knowing who you can expect to hear, please head over to support our podcast efforts at the Equine Podcast page on Patreon. And you'll find out there too. Mm,
1: and make sure to check the Facebook page because we enjoy doing live videos. Yes. And you never
0: know what we might surprise you with. This is true. And please find a non-horse person you think might enjoy knowing more about horses and engage them in conversation. It would be great to have them join us on Facebook and as a podcast. Podcast listener. Oh, for sure. So I guess until our next episode, uh, this is bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belber, and give your horses big hugs for us.